Welcome to the podcast of Fairmount Presbyterian Church in Cleveland Heights, Ohio, where we feature our worship sermons. Listen again to past sermons from home, when you are traveling, or wherever you are. Listen in if you need a moment of reflection, inspiration, and love. Uh, Well, before I begin my sermon in earnest this morning, I want to share a a word publicly with the entire congregation um, about some of the events of the last week. Uh, and some of you were um, with, with us on Good Friday across the street at St. Paul's for the Seven Last Words service, um, where in my message there I shared some of the story of a young man, 15-year-old named Darrell Travis, um, who this past year was uh, bound over as a juvenile into the adult court system in Cuyahoga County, uh, and on Monday uh, was set to receive a sentence of 18 to 25 years in adult prison. Um, and uh, Pastor Harris, Napoleon Harris from Antioch Baptist Church, uh, and I, and also Minister Armand Brown from Lee Road Baptist Church, um, have been um, in close contact with his family and praying for him and sitting with Darrell last week and speaking with him. Uh, and on Monday morning, the day after Easter, I uh, woke up, get ready to go to the courthouse to be with Darrell's family for the sentencing, uh, and I received a phone call early that morning that uh, Darrell had cut off his ankle monitor um, and fled. Um, and so uh, some of you may have seen us interviewed on Channel 5 on Tuesday as we shared some of Darrell's story and the, the broader story of bindovers in Cuyahoga County. Um, and so I'm sharing this in part with you. We are, we are still looking for Darrell, and we are doing everything we can to, to bring him back home safely. Um, I'm sharing this with all of you in part because I want there to be complete transparency in, in how um, I have been involved in this work, um, and you can come talk to me with any questions. Um, but more importantly than that, I'm, I'm sharing this background with you because uh, Darrell's uh, mother, Ms. Florence Daniels, is here with us in worship this morning. Uh, Ms. Daniels, would you stand up and... Wave to everybody. Thank you, Ms. Daniels. We're, we're glad you're here worshiping with us today. You know that we are praying with you and for you and for Darrell, and we're glad that you're here. This is a space where you are welcome and loved. Today's sermon is a continuation of last week's Easter message, and so just in case you missed last Sunday, I'm going to catch you up. Last Sunday, we announced a new project in partnership with Lee Road Baptist Church in Cleveland. This is a project that will aim to invest in the potential of the youth in our community, youth like Darrell, a project that will proclaim that out of Pierre McCoy's death, the young man from Lee Road Baptist, that out of his death, new life is possible. And before I go further, let me say thank you to all of you who filled out our special Easter offering card last Sunday. Whether you offered money or your time, Pastor Quincy and I are deeply grateful for your investment in our youth. So just before Holy Week, Youth from our church and from Lee Road Baptist came together and worked to create some artwork connected to our shared Easter theme, Out of Death, New Life. The youth split into two groups, each group creating a triptych 
a series of three canvases that tell a single story. Last Sunday, if you were here, we revealed one triptych from one of those groups while the other was at Lee Road Baptist, and this Sunday you can see we've swapped. And so we've got the other set here, uh, and the set we had on Easter is over at Lee Road this morning. And all six creations are on the cover of your bulletin, uh, and we have once again one of our youth, Nora Chevro, uh, who's here to share with us today, uh, beginning with the first piece, which is the volcano at the center left of your bulletin. Nora? Our first piece is a volcano with flowering vines covering its sides. There is still lava coming from the mouth of the volcano, but none of the plants are burning. This symbolizes how the soil after volcanic eruptions is very fertile and supports more life than it would have before the disaster. It shows new life coming from destruction and death. About 75,000 years ago, a volcano, Mount Toba, in Sumatra, Indonesia, erupted. It is, according to geological records, perhaps the largest volcanic eruption in the history of the Earth. To give you just a sense of how powerful it was, who remembers when Mount St. Helens erupted? I do not. I was not alive. <laughs> but I have seen video footage. When Mount St. Helens erupted in 1980, it released one cubic kilometer of lava into the atmosphere. When Mount Toba erupted, it put out between 3,000 and 13,000 cubic kilometers of lava. There are several different scientific theories about the global environmental consequences of Mount Toba, but virtually all scientists agree that the volcanic ash blocked direct sunlight, lowering the Earth's temperature. Some scientists believe it cooled the Earth for a period of a thousand years, resulting in the mass dwindling or extinction of plant and animal species around the world, including human beings. Really, it's no exaggeration to say that humans nearly went extinct. In fact, one scientific study recently estimated that the total human population, the total population after Mount Toba's eruption was less than 100 people, 100 people left on earth. In the story of Noah and his family in Genesis, it's not a volcano, of course, but a flood that wipes out most life on earth. Now, I personally don't take the flood story as history, but rather as etiology. That is, a story crafted to help the Israelites explain their origins. But just because the details of Noah's story may not be historically verifiable, it does not mean that the story isn't true. As theologian Marcus Borg once said, the Bible is true, and some of it actually happened. For me, the common thread between the scientific account of Mount Toba and the biblical flood story is this. Out of death comes new life. 
And in Genesis, the journey towards new life begins with a rainbow and a promise from God. So Nora is going to share with us about the second piece of our youth's artwork. Our second piece is a sunrise. The ancient Egyptians believed that every day when the sun set, it died, and every morning it was reborn. We built somewhat off that idea, showing a beautiful and colorful dawn sky and our sun rising. The sun puts an end to the night, symbolizing death, and brings a new day, and with it, new life. God said to Noah and to his sons, I am now setting up my covenant with you, with your descendants, and with every living being with you, the birds, the large animals, and all the animals of the earth. And God said, this is the symbol of the covenant that I am drawing up between me and you and every living thing with you on behalf of every future generation. I have placed my bow in the clouds. It will be the symbol of the covenant between me and the earth. For us, the rainbow, as the one that you may see on our youth's artwork in this second piece, the rainbow is the symbol of God's covenant with the earth. And what makes a rainbow such a powerful symbol is that it is without limit. There's no real beginning or end. Or to put it another way, it's truly all-encompassing, perfectly inclusive. Not only do rainbows, as you probably know, contain the entire spectrum of light, but did you know that rainbows aren't actually bows? Jim Dakin's laughing. He's the light guy, right? They're circles. We're just not high enough off the ground to see the entire thing. And for me, these facts about rainbow only further emphasize the inclusivity, the completeness of the covenant that God makes in Genesis 9. Because think back to the story. Who did God make the covenant with? Was it Noah? Noah's family? Noah's descendants? In other words, all future humanity? God may have made the covenant through Noah, but God said it will be the symbol of the covenant between me and the earth, between me and all living things. And so as I see it, a central purpose of this story is to claim our kinship with all creation. Unlike some other covenants in Hebrew Scripture that are covenants between God and the Israelites specifically, this covenant The very first covenant that God makes is with all creation. And whether you find yourself more captivated by the story of Mount Toba or the Great Flood, the upshot is that we are all family if we trace back our ancestry far enough. Over the generations, humankind has lost that sense of connection. We have divided ourselves instead. We have fractured ourselves into factions, in and out, saved and condemned, white collar and blue collar, clean and dirty, white and colored, Republican and Democrat, east side and west side, legal and illegal, right and wrong. But the new life 
The new life we find in Christ is another chance for a new beginning, a chance to reclaim our shared identity. Galatians 3, you are all God's children through faith in Christ Jesus. All of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ, and there is no longer Jew or Greek, slave or free male or female. You are all one in Christ Jesus. And we can find that new beginning in this season, this Easter season in which we celebrate the power of the resurrection. And so one last time, here's Nora to explain their third and final piece of art. Our last piece is a phoenix. In legends, the phoenix is a fiery bird with a miraculous power. When it dies, it disintegrates into smoke and ash. But then something amazing happens. The phoenix rises from the ashes, whole and reborn and blazing bright. We took inspiration from that and painted the phoenix reborn, spreading its wings and showing the whole world the beauty of new life. Thank you, Nora. In both of these stories, the stories of Mount Toba and the flood, a natural disaster destroys life on earth, clearing a path for something new to take root. And at first, these stories may seem like endings, but they aren't. They are new beginnings. In the case of Mount Toba, it took millennia for the earth to recover and rebalance. Countless species of living things went extinct, but eventually new species began to emerge from the ash. And so we could certainly say that a phoenix is a perfect symbol of that new beginning after Toba's eruption, a bird that rises from the ashes of its ancestors. Out of death comes new life. In the Genesis story, it's a different bird, right? A dove that serves as the sign of new life. Genesis 8, Noah sent out a dove to see if the waters on all the fertile land had subsided, but the dove had no place to set its foot. It returned to him in the ark since the waters still covered the entire earth. He waited seven more days and sent the dove out from the ark again. The dove came back to him in the evening, grasping a torn olive leaf in its beak. Then Noah knew that the waters were subsiding from the earth. This dove brings back the first sign of new life, a sign that this is not, in fact, the end, but only a new beginning. Beloved, as we reflect on the stories told in our scriptures and the stories recorded in our earth's bedrock, I hope that you can see that though these stories may be ancient, they are still relevant to us today. Because the stories told by our youth art, youth's artwork and the stories unfolding in our lives, in this church, in this community, they speak to me. And they're telling me, out of death, there is new life. The volcano and the flood represent the suffering and death we see throughout the history of the earth and of humanity. The suffering and death that we see also on the cross. 
and the suffering and death that we still see in our community today. Suffering that I heard in the screams of anguish at Pierre McCoy's funeral back in January. Suffering I've heard all this past couple of weeks in the tear-soaked words of Darrell's mom, Ms. Daniels. But the rainbow is the promise that suffering and death do not have the final word. God promises to stay here with us and to partner with us, with all of us, for something better. And the bird, the phoenix, the dove, they're symbols of our hope for that new life, that new life that we find in the empty tomb, a new life that we cannot yet fully experience, but one that we can already know in our hearts. So may we live as a rainbow people, a covenant people, a people who stand with those who suffer as we struggle shoulder to shoulder for justice, a people who trust in the presence of a God who will wipe every tear from our eyes, a people who will believe in God's kingdom on earth when death will be no more, when there will be no more mourning or crying or pain because the former things have passed away. And God is saying, look, I am making all things new. Then no longer will we hear the wailing of our neighbors who suffer we will only hear the songs of the birds that bring new life. This word I offer you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, Mother of us all. Amen. We thank you for listening to a worship episode from Fairmount Presbyterian Church. Revisit this podcast site weekly for new worship episodes. Have a beautiful and blessed day.